This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Crowdmakers, inside the C-suite of sports and entertainment. The definitive podcast on the inner workings of the business side of professional sports, concerts, and live events. These are the people that are shaping the new landscape of the industry, the executives that are creating the new paradigm for live entertainment. These are the inside conversations you won't hear anywhere else. These are the Crowdmakers. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the digital training network that uses micro-learning and spaced repetition to form new habits of success in sales, service, leadership, and more. Created by sports and entertainment industry experts for the industry. Learn more at isbi360.com. And now, here's your host for the Crowdmakers, Bill Gertine. Welcome to the podcast, The Crowdmakers. I'm Bill Gertine, and with me today, I'm really pleased to have Executive Vice President of Elevate Sports Ventures, Mr. Sean Doss. Sean, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Bill, thanks so much for having us. I'm excited about what, what you're doing, uh, what you bring to the industry for the numerous years I've known you. So it's really my pleasure to be here. And uh, there's, there's so much exciting stuff going on from our Seattle NHL team announcing their team name last week to being able to follow box scores now. It's an exciting time in our world. So thank you very much. And on behalf of Elevate and myself, appreciate you having us. Everybody's had a routine. They've had interesting stories during the pandemic. What have you been doing to better yourself? Or is there a book on your nightstand? Something interesting that we may not know about what you've been doing here during this time. Yeah, I started a a challenge called 75 Hard as we started quarantine. And the challenge is for 75 days straight, you have to do five things every day. Um, one of it is doing two workouts a day for 45 minutes. So it can be a strength workout. And then the other workout can be yoga or walking or, or anything else. Uh, it's drink a gallon of water a day, read 10 pages of a business or betterment book, um, take a progress picture of yourself. And, and there was a few other things in there. So I, I did that for 75 days. So for me, what's been really important is, is getting a sweat in every day, eating healthy, and, uh, and then staying on top of uh, the business and, and, and my, my business reading. Good for you. Well, most people are worried about the COVID-19. You're probably worried more about something else. <laughs> hey, it's, um, I, what, I, what I find is, is there's, there's a lot of things we can't control and, and too often everyone gets hung up on those things. So what I've made a conscious effort to do is to focus on the things that I know are 99% certain the next day when I wake up. So. I know the sun's going to rise. Now, whether I see it here in California or not, I don't know, but the sun's going to rise. I know I'm going to be able to put my two feet on the ground and execute my day with intention. And and that's how I like to live my life. And and it's helped me a lot because if you read the news or scroll social media, you can go down those rabbit holes. And and I found uh, that, that, that winning the day and starting the night before has helped me a lot. Well, you started your career in ticket sales way back at the Phoenix, now Arizona Coyotes back, what, about 2007, six? What was that? Yep. Yeah, 2007. 
So you went to the NBA for a stint. You were in Atlanta with the Hawks, and then you became a VP at the New Jersey Devils in 2014. Is there something about hockey for you? It seems like that's where you gravitate to, and you were excited about the Seattle team, uh, or is that just kind of what, where you ended up? Yeah, well, I, I grew up in Canada, as you probably remember, in Saskatchewan. So, uh, of course, for a Canadian kid who watches sports, I was a Wayne Gretzky fan, and I always dreamed of hoisting Lord Stanley above my head. And uh, skating was never a forte of mine, and uh, I certainly didn't make it pro in, in athletics. So, uh, when I when I got my first job, it was with Al Guido, who obviously is the CEO of our agency, and that that took me to 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 hockey. And what I've always done in my career is follow the people and to go work for guys like Brendan Donahue at, at, at the Atlanta Hawks and Thrashers, and then to go work for Scott O'Neill in New Jersey. I've always followed the people and it's happened to, to, to stop me off in hockey. And, and so as it happens uh, with Elevate, we've, we had a great track record in, in hockey among other sports. So it, it's nice to click the personal passion. Um, however, I always follow the people and I found that to be, that's much more important than the name on your jersey. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because you followed Al to Elevate in 2018 and the company was really started with a fairly unique vision. You're, you're kind of the secret weapon almost of high profile sports franchises to maybe help them identify those opportunities. Uh, besides your relationship with Al, what was the appeal to you in joining a company like Elevate? Well, it's, it's talk about being at the front, front seat of uh, a rocket ship in a good way. I, like obviously Al has been a mentor and a friend of mine for years because he hired me at the Coyotes. And then working for Scott O'Neill, I got to learn so much about what it means to be a sports executive, learn how to sell and market, learn how to manage relationships, learn how to be innovative, learn how to, to think differently. And for 15 years, I was sharpening that craft throughout my stops in sports. So when the opportunity came to really be at the front seat of, of launching a company with industry titans like Scott and Al, and the fact that Jared Smith from Ticketmaster is on our calls, Tim Lywicki is in our it, it, it made total sense, Bill. And, and the thesis was simple. We, we thought that there, we had a lot of people for complimentary reasons. We put together this company Elevate because we have operators at teams. So we understand the team side. We have Ticketmaster Live Nation. So the largest producer of live events and ticket sales in the, in the world. Um, and then the Oakview Group who owns and operates arenas among other things. So we knew that we had skill sets that teams, venues, owners would love to draw upon. So we can be this amazing turbo boost button for franchises and owners when they need it. But at the same time, we're all great people and we just love to have that hand in hand partnership feeling. So uh, to me, it was a no brainer. And, and, you know, we're very fortunate that two years later, we're, we're in a decent place. Well, let's talk about March and what's happened past then. A lot of teams and venues have had to either furlough or lay off a lot of their talent. I know you were originally very excited and worked with the XFL very closely. And of course, there was some issues there with their demise uh, and perhaps resurgence now as we record this today. How has Elevate managed through these times beginning from March up until today? What changes have you had to make internally? Yeah, it's great. Uh, we have, we get lucky to have the best uh, CEO in, in, in the business, in my opinion. And, and he made it very clear on our priorities. First was the health and, and wellness and maintenance of our, of our employees. That was number one. Number two was then to re-examine our priorities and what's our long-term vision and how do we come out of here stronger. And in fact, we'll have some announcements on that in, in, the, in the near future. And then three was how do we accelerate business as usual? So on the first side of things, we do executive chats 
where we have uh, everyone from our board members like Tim, Jared, Scott, and Al to folks like Todd Liewicki. We have uh, Peter Luco later today um, where we're, we're giving our employees ways to learn and grow from other executives. We've been doing extra online training sessions. Heck, we had an Elevate Fitness Challenge where employees were incentivized to, uh, to work out every day for 30 minutes. And, and in fact, uh, those winners got a prize. They're all, they're all uh, texting me right now because I haven't sent them their prize yet. But um, so we've done a lot of things from the health and, and, and wellness standpoint. Of course, the work from home transition has been very smooth because an agency like ours, uh, a lot of things were cloud-based. We rely a lot on technology and our clients are, are, are worldwide. So we have a lot of business that we're drumming up in Europe as well. Uh, so we, we handled that part very quickly at the direction of Al. And then secondly, we got into our business planning and, and really examining priorities and, and what's next for Elevate and how do we help these teams? So before it was, how do you help someone go from a $200 million stadium to $250 million stadium? Today, it's how do you help someone who's furloughed 50 employees and has a budget that's one third their size on the revenues and expenses? And how can we plug in and use our resources to now, how do we accelerate back to business as usual as things come? So we, we've, we've been very lucky to have those good leaders at the end and we've been able to carry the torch to to really thrive during this time well many people have done some things they've they've done some awesome fantastic things and a few people have done some things they've either regretted or think oops that really wasn't the right thing to do what what was an example of a mistake perhaps elevate or maybe you personally made early on in the pandemic and what you might have learned from it yeah the, the, I, I'll give you a personal mistake that that, that led into that leads into business is I I very much during the beginning of the pandemic was operating my day like I was in February and March when we were in the thick of things and what I mean by that is I would let the schedule dictate my day and for myself having a six and a three year old at home and all the different situations that was certainly not the way to uh, operate the day in an efficient manner so I, I went back to something that made me successful. Uh, a long time ago in sales, even when I, when I met you, Bill, which is planning and setting your day up 10 minutes the night before. And what I did was, is I, I've started to write down how I want my morning to, to take place. So I have my routine from everything from my green drink, I drink first thing in the morning, to which publications I read to consume my news, to the calls that I have in Europe. And I know those are typically for me on the West Coast at five, six, seven, and 8 a.m. Um, to then where I want to schedule in the family time. So to me, the mistake I made was trying to take things in flow when I, my, my favorite saying is failing to plan is planning to fail. And, and I was doing that at the beginning. And I think I wouldn't say that on the elevate side per se that was happening, but I do think that at the beginning, everyone was just rolling with the punches because no one really knew what was happening, where I think that level of detail and attention, we quickly did pick up at elevate. So it's, it's positive now, but, but at the beginning, it, it, we got into a little bit of a trap. Yeah, I can see where that can happen. And with any forward thinking and fast moving company like yours, you, you just assume that everything is going to roll on as is. I mean, who would have thought that we'd be in this position? I think my realization moment was when they canceled the final four and the whole mm. NCAA yeah. men's tournament. That for me was just like mind blowing, like it could never, ever happen. And here we are. Uh, it's, it's pretty it's crazy. It's totally true. How's your family handling all this with your young ones and your wife? What does she do and how have you handled it? Yeah, so so a few of the kids' activities started to, to go back to normal. So we've had – I'll just give you an example. Like, I used to wake up at 5, 5.30, drive to the office, do a workout, and then start my day right at the office bright and early. 
um, right after a workout. And I have a routine, you know, my drive to work, even all these things that we all had. But now for me is I still wake up at five, five thirty, and I know I can get two to three hours of uninterrupted work before the kids wake up. And then I'll take a little break to make them breakfast, help out. And then depending on my call schedule, again, if, if Europe or not, I'll even get my workout in a little bit more in the early to mid morning when I used to do it at, at you know, right at the crack of dawn. So uh, we, we've been handling it okay, Bill. We've, we're, we've adjusted to the new circumstances. It, it's been challenging in many regards, but as, 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 a, as a dad and a husband, it's been really positive in other ways where I never thought that once a week I could go to the, the kids and go to my daughter's swim practice because normally I'd be on the road at one of our projects. So there, there, there's been a lot of things, but um, I, I really found with the, just being intentional with the hours has been really helpful. So I, I read a book called Deep Work recently. It's a book that's been out for a few years. And I had been one of those chronic multitaskers thinking I was being very efficient. And I've found that the putting your, your, your heart and soul into what you're actually doing at the time and, and being present and, you know, what Scott O'Neill says to us all the time, be where your feet are, has been very impactful for me, especially now during quarantine. So as you're watching sports now, what are some of those trends or the storylines that you're watching pretty closely right now? Yeah, of course, there's, there's a lot of those. Um, a few, obviously, the, the, return to, the, the return with fans is really important to me because that, that is, is clearly a linchpin of our business. There's other things like um, sports betting that I'm, I'm following very closely because that, that's something that I think will, will shape our industry. Um, so there, there are numerous storylines. I also like the way people are, are being different about revenue generation. So what F1 did with, with the partnership with Zoom and, and offering a paddock pass for, for those top clientele that want to get a, a front seat into F1 and getting 3,500 pounds a, a ticket was impressive to me. Um, so there are those storylines that I, that I really pay attention to. Um, and then now, like, like we talked about, it's back to box scores. I also think another thing that's great is there's other storylines that are not so well talked about, like the rise of MLS uh, and soccer in, in, in North America. I mean, you know, we're fortunate because we've, we've worked on five of the last six MLS projects with Elevate. But I think that story is really being pushed down to the ground because of COVID and other things. But what a, what a phenomenal story of soccer in, in North America. So there are other stories like that that I, uh, I've been following as well. So in the pandemic, a lot of people have found different things that they've uh, done technology-wise and things that you may not have had before that you decided to invest in because of the time off. Has there been one piece of go-to technology that you've discovered lately? Oh. Maybe an app I, or something else? Yeah, I've, I've, well, I would say I, I've, what I've really loved on the, on the health and fitness side is the Peloton app. So I've done We've actually been doing yoga every day. And I can't say that even being fairly conscious of health and wellness that I've spent the proper time stretching. So what I've really appreciated were these at-home fitness apps where we've actually been able to do classes online, whereas in the past we'd go into a studio. So I would say from that point, that standpoint, it's been great. And then these type of video calls has been, have been awesome for me. It's, it's even now like getting to see your face and smiles and reactions it's it's a it's a different story and, and there were so many people that i've video chatted with now instead of called so i would say that uh, i've appreciated all these companies from uh from the zooms to the go to meeting google hangouts webex blue jeans all these companies i've appreciated a lot more um than, than i have in the past
We'll be back for the second half right after this. Hi, this is Bill Gertine. I've been training the ticket sales departments of sports and entertainment for almost 20 years, and I love what I do. But everywhere I went, the story was always the same. We loved what you did. You got us fired up. But after a while, we kind of lost the spark and we went back to the same old, same old. Well, not anymore. ISBI 360 is the first and only digital training network created exclusively for the specific long-term career needs of sports and entertainment professionals. Our seven different unique certification programs include the fundamentals of success in the industry, like ticket sales, sponsorships, social media, customer service, and leadership, all trained by industry experts like Brett Zalaski, Debbie Nolan, Misha Scher, and Seth Rabinowitz. ISBI 360 uses a unique four-stage learning process, including cutting-edge micro-learning videos, live recorded role plays, live coaching from industry experts, and an ongoing reinforcement program to make sure the learning sticks and forms the habits that your people need to grow and excel faster. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com demo. That's isbi360.com demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Check out what's different about ISBI 360 today. What this unique situation that we have, what do you think this has given sports an opportunity to do or to be that maybe will never come again? Is this a window of opportunity to change or improve something that you see? Yeah, yeah. My, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Um, I have a colleague at Elevate and uh, she's our head of marketing. And she would, every time we were on a plane for the last couple of years, she would always be wiping down the tray tables as soon as we get on the plane. And, you know, my, my wife, uh, we went on a, a tour recently and they said, you know, we wiped down the van, completely sanitized it. And we're kind of like, wait a minute. Well, what did you do before this? Uh, like what happened before this? Were you not cleaning these things? So I think the big thing, sports and entertainment, I, I think we've all got a little lackadaisical in, in terms of the, the fan experience. And, and I'll give you an example. Like when is the last time you've been at a sporting event where you couldn't reach your hand in to get the vat of jalapenos for your sandwich? <laughs> Thing. So I, I think there's certain things like that that are more obvious that sports and entertainment will get to reset. I also think that now is the time to use our platform to continue to talk about issues that are important, like uh, diversity and inclusion and, and a lot of the, the race issues that have, we've had. Um, so I, I've always been a believer that, that sports and entertainment, we have this unique opportunity to reach people in ways that other industries don't, because very few industries are people itching to read about what was the latest employee transaction? What is the latest free agent signing? What are they doing at their stadium? I mean, I know for, for companies I thought about interning with when I was in college, no one was waking up excited to see a headline about those teams. So I, I feel like there's a lot, Bill, and, and this could be a session on its own about what sports teams can get into. Um, but, but there's a lot there. Yeah, it sure is. So as you go forward and elevate, what do you think the biggest hurdle is that you'll need to overcome between now and the end of the year from a company standpoint? Yeah, it's, it's the changing demands of, of clients and customers. So we've, again, it's a, a new stadium project is very different in resource and time allocation than it is a league that is playing in a bubble tournament that is wondering if they're going to have fans next season. Um, there, are, there are huge, huge challenges and, you know, we, we all face them. Our parent companies face them. Um, so our biggest challenge will be to, to continue to adjust to the growing demands and what is really needed. Luckily, 
And gratefully, we have a great team at Elevate that is on the forefront of technology. I mean, like the 49ers business strategy and analytics unit prior to Elevate was one of the strongest in, in all of sports. So was Harris Blitzer. So for, for us, it's amazing that we've already had a great platform to talk about ways to grow, to help teams grow from knowing their fan, surveying their fan base, how to communicate with their fans. And then you add on the fact of that, that we have a, a company like Ticketmaster and Live Nation in, in our back pocket. We are able to accelerate and help these properties in ways that you know, none of us could have even with our long careers in sports. So uh, it would, the, the challenge will be to continue to pivot um, and, and also how we continue to take our practices in Europe because we're having a lot of success and uh, about to announce some projects in Europe and, and a lot of things going on there. So how we take what we're learning from here and move over there, those things are going to be challenges, but they're challenges that Elevate's really excited for and, and, and we're up for it. Well, you did a stint at Atletico de Madrid, if I remember right. So you've already had some European experience. Is that something you're going to be a part of? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, at, at Elevate, I, I'm, I'm responsible for growing our international business. And with Oakview Group, we're opening some arenas around, uh, around the world. And the one that's been announced already was the Manchester Arena. So we've, we're, we're working on, on a lot of those things. And it's, it's exciting. It's, um, there, there's a lot of opportunity internationally. And similar to your question about hockey earlier, what I've found is that 80% of, of sales and marketing and business is it, it, it's business. It doesn't matter where you go, color your skin, the language you speak. If you're a hockey fan or a basketball fan or a football fan, if you're a CEO of a construction company or a bank, 80% is the same. But that 20% you have to flex to your client. And that is language. That's the customs in their country. Um, and that's why with Elevate, we have such an opportunity because we've had so many experiences, vast experiences that we're able to take and partner with the local team and owner to then that combo becomes so, it becomes really unstoppable because you have the best practices along with the local flavor and you can really do special things together for the fans. One of the more fascinating stories that we've been covering outside of all of this pandemic craziness has been the introduction of the Seattle NHL team. And I know you've been very involved with that. Take us through, kind of give us a little bit of a window into how that all came about, the creation of the name and the logo. Uh, the Kraken is so darn cool. I don't remember a team logo or a reveal that's had so much positive response. Bring us through a little bit of that, would you? Well, yeah, we've been, we've been so grateful to be on the, on the front seat of that journey as well with uh, Todd Liewicki hiring us. And, um, and, and, you know, we've been there for the last couple of years. I remember one of our, it was one of our first clients and, and I was in the office with Todd and he had about six other people from Heidi, the, the marketing uh, VP who, who spoke that day um, to his, his number two in legal and marketing and, and Bill Chapin running tickets and, and Scott in the box office. And, and there was literally seven people in the office and Elevate was there helping them uh, generate the, you know, the, the ticket and, and premium hospitality. And, and through that process, it was, it was always been something Todd has talked to us about, about the name, reveal the launch and with the illustrious ownership group about how they're going about it. So I, we can't take any credit for that from the Elevate side. We've very much been in the loop, but a passenger in it. But the way that they did the social listening, they, they did it um, secretly, the way they, they built the hype up, the social media, and then the launch and the story. I mean, it, it, is, a, it is a case study. And, and obviously, you know, Todd, Todd is the, the guy with his team who started the 12th man in Seattle and, and the job he did in Tampa Bay, I mean, it, it's a guy where 
you learn so much in any interaction with him. So Elevate was just fortunate that we could be a very small part of that and, and help them. Um, you know, it, it'll be a, a very proud day in a few years when the building opens and we're able to see the puck drop, it, drop in Seattle. But w- what a story. So I have to know, what team names didn't make the cut in Seattle for the NHL team? <laughs> Again, that Todd will know more about what was there. I mean, we've all seen the names that were thrown out there that were patented. Um, but they, they, they had, they had, I, I heard eyes for a little while. There were plenty, but, you know, one day you'll have to ask Todd. He'll give you all the good stories because we were, again, we were very much passengers in that. We're, we're grateful to be a part of the journey, but the, the marketing story they, they told is phenomenal. That's great. Well, we'd love to have you introduce Todd to our program and have him on so we can actually get the, the yeah. because it would be a fantastic story to have. Yeah. So one bold prediction that you would have for sports entertainment going forward, what would it be? One thing that I, everyone in the world is longing for human interaction. They are longing for being back to sports and entertainment. They, they, we, we've learned how important sports are from the escape from reality for the CEO that has no chance to spend time with his family for the livelihood of cities and regions and jobs. So my bold prediction would be is that we have a lot of smart medical people in the world. My, my father's done cancer research for the last 20 years. I, I, my, my brother's a doctor. So I, I've been around this stuff for a while. I'm not, obviously uh, I'm on the business side, but my bold prediction is that we're going to figure this out. And I think it'll be in the nearer future and not years away. And I actually, my bold prediction is that there'll be a time when we're, we are high-fiving our neighbors and we are having those experiences that sports and entertainment have given us. We are listening to live music and things will be cleaner and safer and we'll all be more mindful of it. But my bold prediction is that we need to all adjust, but there's going to be a day where we get back to some of the good old days. And I equate this back to, to airports and flying. I don't remember the time when there wasn't a TSA pre-check line. And, and, you know, now it's just the normal where if the TSA pre-check doesn't work for some reason, you take off your shoes, you pull out your laptop and you don't fly with toothpaste. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the normal that we know, but it's back to flying and they're taking precautions. So that that's my bold prediction that we're going to be in that same stage in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, it's a great point. He, I know you're watching hockey. You're a big hockey fan. What is one innovation that you're seeing right now that you would like to see incorporated full-time? There are so many. I, I, I think that anything to – I actually like the tournament format um, that the sports are picking up. It, it's almost like the first in uh, first in, or the, the last in and out for the NCA, like you were talking about earlier. I love the, the tournament formats. I think it adds more appeal for the bubble teams. Um, and no pun intended this time because of the, the true bubble, but I just like the, the way that it gives teams more hope. It gives fan bases more hope. So I would like to see more of the innovation on that side. I also think condensed seasons in a lot of leagues will, will be um, a, a better, a better thing. So shortened seasons, maybe a few less games for player health, but also so the games mean more. So I like the way that NBA is moving their schedule to be a little later in the year, you know, kicking off by, by Christmas or, or New Year's like they've talked about. So uh, I'd say tournament format's the number one thing. Outside of some of these little technology gimmicks that, that we're all seeing, I think the way that the innovation that the NBA is doing and NHL are doing with plugging in fans and the experience and still recreating the environments, I think a lot of those things will also play well nicely in the future. 
Well, it be great to see what happens going forward. It's just nice to see people playing in whatever sport that they're in and uh, grateful for your time and, and your insight today. Sean Doss, my guest, the Executive Vice President of Elevate Sports Ventures. Thank you so much for being on the Crowdmakers. Bill, appreciate it. And, and everything you've done for our industry and are doing for our industry, we're, we're all very grateful. So um, I still remember when you, when you came in and trained us 15 years ago and gave us the, the imagine how do you think statement that I still use today. So thank you so much, Bill. And um, again, on behalf of Elevate, we're, we're grateful you thought of us. If you enjoyed the program, please like us, share us with those you know, and hit subscribe on the podcast. And we'll let you know when another new episode is dropped. Your positive comments will help keep the Crowdmakers on the air. We'd be grateful for your five-star review. Got someone you'd like to hear as a guest on the Crowdmakers? Let us know, and we'll do our best to reach out to them. Drop us a note at info at isbi360.com. That's info at isbi360.com. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the first and only digital training network for sports and entertainment professionals. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com slash demo. That's isbi360.com slash demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Our chief engineer of the Crowdmakers is Ken Marinelli. Sean Quinn is our director of operations. Mark Yazowitz is the digital platform guru. And the executive producer of the Crowdmakers is Doug Quinn. I'm Bill Gertine. Until next time, thanks for listening and so long for now. This is the Crowdmakers on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.